Savage. Yo, what's going on everyone? How you doing, savages? Welcome to episode 10 of the podcast, The Savage Snowflake with Jeff Leach. Good to have you guys here. Welcome back to another exciting and delicious episode. One that I think will will blow your tiny minds until they fall out of your ears, land on the ground, they give birth to a a brand new race of tiny ear brain people. It's going to be fucking exciting. I am uh, back from a period of travel, I guess. I've been away uh, at various events, including San Diego Comic Con. That's where I've been for the last week. Um, Again, as is the case with every single episode of this podcast, I will start by apologizing for not, not having recorded in a couple of weeks. That's just how I go. At this point, let's be real. Uh, hardened listeners, we've got about 400 people who are downloading every episode um, that's coming out right now. Those of you who are listening as regulars, those 400 of you, it's become an inside joke now. I think that I just will never hit my marks of recording every single week because life gets in the way. Is it life getting in the way? Am I terrified? I don't know, it's a mixture of both. Maybe I'm just depressed. Today is a sad fucking day. I don't even know why. I've literally pulled myself out of bed where I've been replying to emails, making phone calls, I've been doing lots of work, but from a kind of prone position today. Uh, For no other reason than, I guess, just having a shit day. That's just how it goes sometimes. And I was like, you know what, Leech? In life, you have to give yourself those little pep talks. Every now and then, like, "Mm, stop it, you've already masturbated three times a day, there's no need for a fourth. Or, you know, why why on earth would you call your parents? They don't love you anyway. Or, you know, just those little pick-me-ups, little pick-me-ups like, hey, you've been drinking too much, maybe have some water. And I've hit a point today where I had to go, listen, you've, you've, you've cocooned up inside of some fucking quilt. You've, you've made calls, you've pretended like you're doing a shit ton of work just to try and keep yourself uh, at least mildly motivated, which is, should be easier in the Los Angeles summer sunshine, I guess. But the reality was I was in bed. I was lonely. I was low. And I knew there was only one thing that would pick me up. And that's by re-evaluating my fucking life. And the only way I can do that is through the medium of a podcast. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a barrel of laughs for the next 55 minutes or so. Enjoy yourselves. Um, lots to tell. I mean, first of all, San Diego Comic-Con. Wow, what a, what a trip this was. Very different to previous years. Um, I mean, it's, if you've never been, some of you might be going, oh, I've never been to a Comic-Con. What is that? It's basically like a giant convention of tens of thousands of people um, who come together to celebrate their love of geek nerd culture, predominantly comic books, um, TV series, superhero TV series, zombies, vampires, werewolves, anything that is remotely related to the whole world of fantasy, superhero, comic books, video games, uh, I can't speak, and cosplay, cosplay, that's the word I was looking for. They come together, they get together in San Diego, they take over a town, they cough a lot on each other, and they give each other some kind of form of convention aid, which lingers for about half a week to a whole week, makes you feel like utter dog shit, and you go, did I really have shared that beverage with that guy in the Star Wars t-shirt, 370 pounds, leaking whatever butt funk was on his hands that he'd been scratching his ass crack with all day long. And, uh, and then you kind of go, yeah, yeah, I, I should have done that. And it was good to do that. And I should come back and do it all again next year. 
it's my fourth year in a row now that I've been to Comic-Con, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, it's, it's, it's like a big fucking shop. Like, it feels that it's in its inception. I imagine it was a lot more focused on the geek and nerd culture. But now it just seems like a big shop. And boy, oh boy, do they sell an awful lot of fucking junk at Comic-Con. Like, how many Funko Pop miniature versions of every single character from any TV show that has ever been on television with any kind of marginal success does one person need to own? Me? Three. Three is the answer. <laughs> I, I, own, I now own three Funko Pops. Uh, two of them, Conan O'Brien Ant-Man Limited Edition Funko Pops. Am I going to be looking after those and putting them in pride of place on my mantelpiece? I don't have a mantelpiece. On my fridge at my apartment in Los Angeles? Of course I'm not. No, I'm going to be selling those on eBay and making a, a quick 300 bucks on Conan's face and name. Thanks, Conan O'Brien. If you're listening to this, would love to come and do a set on your show. Um, I can pay you about the 300 if that makes it, you know, if that's the deal breaker. But yes, I don't know why people buy so much shit. I think like a lot of the stuff there, you could probably just buy it for cheaper online afterwards. I've pretty much done that before. Like if I see something I like, I'll take a photograph of it and then I'll go online, I'll have a look and it'll be like, oh, this is 30 or $50 cheaper. They're just trying to rip off nerds. But I guess it's the excitement of being at an event like that. It reminds me of like when I was a kid and you go to the fun fair and you want all the toys. They were shit. They were just stuffed dog shit toys. You know, B-part characters from TV shows, cartoons that you, you never really fucking loved anyway. But you wanted it because it was there and it was some kind of excitement in the, in the, in the receiving of it. You know, had to play a game and get a sandbag in a fucking barrel or, or get a hoop over a bottle or shoot a balloon with a pellet gun. Whatever the fuck it was, you wanted that toy. You wanted that goldfish. The goldfish was never going to live for longer <laughs> than a week. Goldfish in a bag. Did you have that in America? I don't know. That was a very British thing. Very pikey. Like goldfish are very cheap to breed. So the old Irish travellers would get a whole load of goldfish, put them in a bag with a bit of water. No holes. No holes. God knows. I mean, I, I don't know if, if goldfish need a little oxygen to oxygenate the bag of water. Probably not. It's probably H2O in there. I guess if they run out, probably, do they even need the oxygen? Surely they draw the oxygen out of the water, which is why when they breathe out, they blow bubbles. I don't know. This is not a fucking science podcast. It's a comedy podcast. Fuck the fish. We're overpopulated anyway. Surely we're not, we're not, we're not drying out the oceans. <laughs> anyway, my point is, it was, feels a little bit like a big giant department store. But if you know that, and if you're aware of that, you find all the other fun shit to do. We went to a lot of parties this year. Like I, I went to parties with crew and cast from The, the Walking Dead. There was, uh, it was old Norman Reedus and, and the other fucking dude who plays, you know, the, the bad guy. <laughs> I've watched the entire fucking, whatever it is, six seasons, and I still don't know what his fucking name is. Daryl, played by Norman Reedus, and, oh my god, he's awesome. What is that character? What's the guy's name? The fucking, Negan! There you go, Jesus Christ. I had a brain fart there, ladies and gentlemen. If there's any nerds listening to this, which I know there are, they're probably rolling, rolling in their adult diapers right now. <laughs> rolling in their furry brony costumes at the fact that I didn't remember the name Negan. Anyway, went to parties, got a little drunk, met a lot of uh, weird people, some interesting people. You know what I've learned is that fucking nerds, 
this is the only problem. This is my only problem with nerd culture, right? As a man who is and considers himself a bit of a nerd, I'm an adult nerd. I read comic books. I I play video games. I love geek culture. I cosplay. I do all of that good, sh- you know, nerdy shit. But what I don't do, which I found out very much at all the parties this year, is I think nerds because we're kind of a little regressive, right? We're kind of caught in that that angsty teenage years to some extent. In some ways, I think nerds are some of the most progressive individuals on the planet. In other ways, nerds being a little bit socially awkward tend to be a little regressive when it comes to, you know, being comfortable around people, social adeptness. I don't know if that's adeptness. The ability to be socially, sociably adept. Um, and also in terms of the way they interact with each other. And fuck me, nerds love a little bit of gossip, don't they? They love a little backstab, but they won't ever say anything to your face. Um, I just experienced a, quite a bit of that. And, and, and I spent the entire Comic-Con, I'm not gonna lie to you, being mildly, mildly high. I took a nice weed pen with me, a couple of edibles, and I spent pretty much every day just walking around in a very mellow high, just feeling really good enjoying, looking at all the artwork, talking to people in amazing outfits, taking photos with Harlequins and Poison Ivies and giant Transformers. Uh, and then, and then I'm pretty certain the only guy who was more high <laughs> at Comic-Con than me was uh, Doug Benson, comedian Doug Benson, who does a, a, an amazing show called Getting Doug with High. And you should check that out if you haven't already. He's wonderful. I said hello to him. He obviously didn't remember me because we only met once and he was high. And he was high to that day as well. And he was probably just like, ah, meet a lot of guys. I don't know. I'm pretty fucking baked right now. You seem nice. But then everyone seems nice because I live my life through green tinted glasses. Anyway, apart from him being the highest guy there, I was probably, I was probably coming in a close second. And I was so relaxed. It's, it's some kind of beauty that you get from being a little high, especially when everyone else is drunk, right? So if you're just like, and also bear in mind, I'm not talking like, Indica high. I'm not talking like monged out in the corner of the room, sitting on a couch, stuffing your face with whatever bar snacks seem to be on hand. I'm talking sativa high, where your mind is functioning, you're, you're, you're upbeat, you're energetic, but you're just in your head, you're just like, hey, it's okay, man. It's like, it's like there's a little tiny voice inside of your brain just going, hey, hey, it's okay. It's all, it's all right. Everything's all... Well, it's going to be high, so it's going to be Jamaican, surely, the voice. It's like, Lick up, listen up, rude boy. Your little bomba clot. Everything's good, man. Everything is airy. And that's what I had the whole time when I was at Comic-Con. Everything airy. Which was great because so many of the people that I met there and so many of the people that I met through, I guess, the industry parties, the IMDB Pope party and the IGN party and, and et cetera, et cetera. They, these people were very drunk and very fucking high maintenance. Maybe this is just a bigger picture of me just getting old do you know what I mean? I've hit an age now where, relatively, whilst I want to be in front of an audience of, you know, on stage, thousands, hundreds or thousands, or God forbid, one day, tens of thousands, that would be amazing, or on TV and in film in front of potentially millions of viewers, even though I want to be in front of all those people, I've got to be honest, I think I just want to hang around about eight <laughs> for the rest of my life. Like I've picked, I've picked, I've picked a, 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 a maximum, let's say of 30 to 40 people in the world that I am really happy to spend time with. And everyone else, not that I don't like everyone else, I just don't wanna fucking know you. 
I don't want. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to have to listen to your boring fucking drama. I don't want to have big drama. Uh, you know, spout it into my ear when you're drunken, acidic smelling breath. But being high, that sativa high. Oh my golly. Oh my gosh. Little Irie up in the big thing. I was so relaxed. I I imparted so much wisdom this comic con <laughs> it was and and i mean to people that i didn't like and people that i did like i like you know there's there's some of my good friends were going through a couple of hard things over the course of this comic con and i and i helped them out with that i just had i just had the knowledge the knowledge i was dropping it left right and center i was like a i was like a like a like a nerd a white nerd morgan freeman but without the potentially touching women which i guess he now has been accused of doing right my name is morgan freeman and I like to touch the ladies. Um, yeah, man. So much drama. And it, what it reminded me of was me when I was 14 or 13 or 15. You know, when you were like wearing a fucking Nirvana hoodie, listening to hip hop and punk and rock music, drinking cider in a cemetery in your local suburb town, smoking fat joints, trying to finger that one girl that every guy in the group liked. Every guy fingered her at one point. When do we when did we lose the art of fingering, by the way? Can we bring that shit back? Maybe that's what they need. Maybe the nerds, maybe that now that fingering stopped, the nerds <laughs> have no release. The nerds. I'm referring I'm probably getting in trouble, right? This is gonna offend someone. I can't believe that he has stigmatized us as nerds. It's unbelievably shocking to me. I am offended that Jeffrey Leach, comedian, so-called comedian. And wannabe actor has offended me and my people. We are not nerds. We prefer to be referred to as socially challenged demigods. Alright. You fucking nerds. They need just they just need some fingering, man. That's what they need. A little fingering back. Put a little join as well. And I'm not talking about the ladies here, I'm talking about across the board. I'm saying throw a couple of knuckles deep inside of a gentleman, he's gonna be a lot happier. Give a couple of pinkies to a lady. Boom, boom. She's all right. She's feeling good. She's feeling light. She's feeling life. Majestic. She's glistening, literally and metaphorically. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There were just very, there was a lot of frustration there. And it made me think, oh my God, I'm hanging around 13-year-olds again. We've got we to we find a way to limit regression, but keep the innocence of childhood joy. Does that make sense? I think that everyone's a fucking kid now. This is what the entire offended generation are. They're young adults playing at being adults going, oh yeah, look at me. I work for a tech firm. I work for a digital advertising company. I am a live streamer on YouTube. I work in developing blogs for fashionistas and influencers all about beauty tips. They, none of these are real fucking jobs. And I know because I've done a few of them. Like, they're not real. You're playing at having jobs. You're not earning enough fucking money to do anything except buy the latest piece of shit technology iPhone or whatever the fuck you need. Get a new pair of Yeezys. You know, a mouse mat with hentai porn on it. Whatever the fuck floats your weird little millennial boat. I'm so glad to see Eric Andre taking the piss out of that. If you haven't seen his show, mostly for millennials. Oh my gosh. Very funny. In fact, some great TV on right now. Eric Andre, 
mostly for millennials. What is America by Sasha Baron Cohen? Good to see him back and back on form. I used to watch that guy when I was youngster, when he did um, Ali G. And uh, he used to have Borat on that show as well. And then, obviously, he started doing the movies, and it was Borat, and it was Bruno. Bruno was, you know, pretty funny, but not as good, I think, as Borat. And then he started making big motion pictures, and the, 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 the fucking the dictator. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, God bless him. Well done. You know, I haven't made a huge feature film blockbuster. I'm not knocking it. But what I did know is that Sasha Baron Cohen, I think, is an incredibly talented character actor and character performer. And he excels when he comes up with characters that really push the button of what society is, what social climate is, what current culture is, what politics are, what the history and the way it is taught or the, the, the people of that country are educated about that history. It, like, all of those things, when he, when he takes social commentary, political observation, and then completely undermines that with hilarious and very, very astute performance, character performance. That's the shit I want. And I tell you what, what is America is... 100 fucking percent that shit if you haven't seen it yet do me a favor go and little watch uh, give it a little watch on youtube have a look at some of the videos go and watch it on whatever network it's on i've been watching it online just because you know i'm not that i download shit illegally no one does that but yes i've seen some of it and it might not have been <laughs> through official channels go give it a watch it's fucking amazing in a georgia state represent uh, georgia state rep from the house of representatives in georgia pulling his pants and trousers down, backing into him. He was pretending to be this Israeli Krav Maga expert, anti-terrorist expert. And he basically said, one way that you can make, one way you can make the terrorists, ISIS terrorists, worried and make them back down is because they are very homophobic. So if you pretend to be homosexual, they will freak and will leave immediately. So he gets this guy to like teaches him a maneuver where he has to pull down his pants and trousers and like back into the guy and go, I'm a homosexual, I'm a homosexual. It's so fucking funny. Selfie upskirts to see if there's terrorists underneath burqa clad people. It's fucking hilarious. And it's mocking, I think, all sides of the spectrum. That's what we need. We need comedy now more than ever before, ladies and gentlemen. I'm severely fucking terrified about how mental everyone is, everyone. And I tell you what, as the days go by, I don't know if it's because I made some um, conscious decisions to start to accept friend requests and look at content and not block or remove content from people who are on the, uh, on the right wing of politics. Now, don't get me wrong. I still consider myself a liberal. I'm still more on the democratic outlook. I'm still left of the middle. But I'm vastly aware, as I've, I've, I've mentioned many times on this podcast, and that's really what the driving force of this thing is, is that I'm very, very aware that there are lunatics. And I mean fanatical lunatics. And people who are so far removed from the realities of fucking society and the fact that there is anyone else on this planet except just them and their way of thinking and their fucking outlook that I have, uh, you know, I've, I've started to just see it for what it is on both the left wing 
and right wing, the absolute nut jobs. And it's, it's demoralizing. Here's an example. Here's two wonderful examples. We'll start with the first. That's normally how examples go, <laughs> go when you have two of them. You normally start with the first one. Fuck it, we'll start with the second one. I don't do things like other people on this podcast. Well, I, a little bit. I mean, a little bit I do. Th- I mean, it's just me talking into a microphone. It's pretty much exactly the format of every single podcast that's ever existed. But, you know, it's me on my own. Other people, they go to the lengths of hiring a co-host or having guests on. Me, straight off the dome, baby. <laughs> it's all coming out. I'm not fucking spending my money to have someone else's voice on this podcast. So we'll start with number two, right? The second thing that really upset me this week was James Gunn, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, one and two, volume one and volume two, and numerous other films. James Gunn has been fired from Guardians of the Galaxy volume three as director by Disney, his employees Disney, for the following reasons. A decade ago, yes, wait, hang on a sec, you heard, you heard that correctly, ladies and gentlemen. A decade ago, now some of you right now are going, a decade ago, what? <gasps> did he assault someone? Did he? Did he go on a hate speech? Did he go on a hate march? Did he? Did he? Did he fund a terrorist organization? What did he do? Did he? Did he beat his wife? Did he? Traffic drugs? What did James Gunn do uh, 10 years ago that could possibly have come round to bite him in the ass today to lose him a multi-million dollar job? What could he possibly have done, Jeffrey Leach? Well, I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, a decade ago, James Gunn tweeted. Yes, that's right. Tweeted. Three off-colour jokes. Rude, slightly mildly offensive jokes if you are easily offended because you're a fucking moron and you don't understand humour and you're that bothered about what a director you've never met nor ever will meet said online to one of their friends in a tweet reply as a fucking joke a decade ago. If you're that person, you're offended, well, then you would be desperately offended by these jokes. Three tweets. One of the jokes was a little offhand joke that where he was alluding to the fact that he was he liked to get raped by someone. I th- I'm assuming one of his male friends. He's like, well, you know, I like it when you you force me to do it or something like that. Something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. You can look up the tweets. I don't want to repeat them here. God forbid people get offended by that on my podcast. He said that. No, I was repeating what someone else said. That's not right. You're not allowed. You're part of the problem. And then he also made a joke where he alluded to the fact, he made a joke about, well, this is what the, the media are spinning it up as, which, by the way, was kicked off this whole story. These tweets were drugged, uh, were dredged up by some, apparently he's, uh, from, from the, the little research that I've done, he's apparently a uh, very right-wing, um, very right-wing man who I apparently, allegedly, is currently... Um, under some investigation or has been under uh, has been accused of of rape so a man who's incredibly right-wing let's say all right because that's what it was cited as in media i have to find the exact reference points for that who who has himself been accused of a horrendous crime dug up old tweets of james gunn from 10 years ago 
where he made a couple of off-humor jokes. One where he sort of alludes to the fact that he wanted to get raped by his friend or something. And the second where he made a joke there, oh, well, you know I like the boys young. Mm, bring me a young boy. Keep them firm and supple. The younger, the better. So basically he made a, a pedophile joke. Pedophile, an American. A pedophile joke. Now, neither was it really a joke because it wasn't a constructed joke in the joke format. It was an offhand edge comment, edgy comment, to be funny, intended for the purposes of comedy, which anyone could see, anyone with half a fucking brain cell could see. Not only was it that, not only was it also then directed towards a reply to someone who was messaging him and knew him, not only those two things, but also he also acknowledged publicly a few years ago that when he started his uh, directing successes, I guess, when he started finding and garnering some level of success in the industry, people started to, sorry, just rearranging my microphone there if you had a sound, and started to, um, I, I guess, garner a little bit of industry presence. His whole shtick when he first started was to be very divisive, very edgy. And bear in mind, this was 10 years ago, when that would have been something that people would have kind of reveled in a bit. Whoa, look at James Gunn. He's so uh, off humor. He's so like off color humor. He's so edgy. He's so out there. He's pushing the boundaries. Do you remember Social Climate 10 years ago? That was kind of what we liked. We wanted you to be edgy. The world reveled in people who said it how it was or dared to say how it could be, even if that could be was pretty fucking offensive because there was something about that that highlighted a problem within society at that time. It was humor. It was humor. It was satirical. It was, it was observational humor about a situation. Anyway, no, it wasn't a well-constructed joke. Yes, it was pretty poor fucking humor. I don't go online and make jokes about rape or about pedophilia, because as a professional comedian, I know that there is a minuscule, and I mean less than a 0.0001% chance that joke is going to land, that it's going to be taken the correct way by an audience member, or the majority of the audience, that it won't severely upset someone and bring about unnecessary fucking heckling or walkouts or whatever, and... You have to place yourself very fucking carefully before you make a joke like that. So do I think he should have made those kind of jokes? Nah, because they were shit jokes. Is he allowed to make those jokes? Yeah. Should people be offended by those jokes? Fuck off. You weren't offended 10 years ago. You didn't know who James Gunn was 10 years ago. You don't know him now. He's making different content now. He's working for a different company now. He came out publicly years ago and said, you know what, I made these off-kilter jokes. And I'm sorry. He said that. He came out publicly and apologized for his off-color humor. And I don't even know if saying off-color is now an offensive term. I honestly don't even know. I'm assuming not. I'm assuming not because it doesn't refer to the color of a person's skin. It refer refers to the, the, the dark nature of a particular kind of joke. So I'm going to stick with off color. But fuck me, Jesus Christ, if that's the comment that gets me in trouble. He made these off color jokes. This piece of shit dug him up in some kind of misplaced personal vendetta. It seems like a personal vendetta smear campaign. And Disney caved to it and have fired him despite the fact the man they employed, and they will full well would have known that he made these jokes previously. You think there isn't a researcher, 
a person who is a legal team member, who is who is literally employed at that huge monolithic company to scour the internet for tweets, comments, messages, stories about their talent before they hire them. Come on. They knew he made those jokes. They knew. They had it on tap. And they fired him. And I think it's bullshit, man. I think it's really fucking unfair. Unfair. This is not a man who, hey, guess what? I know there's been people getting fired recently. Some of you out there who are, who lay on the, I know I've got quite a lot of um, right-wing, you know, more conservative listeners. And that's cool. I love having your opinions. I love having your feedback. I like p- p- positioning myself around the center and seeing what everyone thinks. Because I know there's a lot of you on the right who think there's crazy people on your side too, you know? But what happened? Here's, here's the, let, me, let me break down the, the literal timeline of what happened. James Gunn made some off-collar jokes. James Gunn is a liberal. He's aligned on a liberal democratic political outlook, right? He made some off-collar jokes in a time period where that wasn't seen as a horrendous thing to do. He realized as his taste, his creative style, his artistic um, nuances and outlooks as a director had changed. And he realized some of the comments he'd made in the past might not be aligned with the man he is now and the way he thinks now. So he made a public apology years ago. He then went on to have a successful career. Then a man who politically aligns himself with the opposite of where James Gunn is. James Gunn has been very outspoken in his anti-Trump beliefs, as a lot of people have in the creative industries. So what happened is someone from the alt-right, who uh, for all intents and purposes seems to be a, a despicable piece of shit anyway, decided to make a smear campaign about a liberal lefty from 10 years ago, about tweets from 10 years ago that aren't representative of who that man is. And then the liberal left, the overt fucking liberal left SJWs decided to fucking jump on it. And then a company, God bless Disney, would love to work for them. Don't worry, my fucking tweets are clean. I've deleted everything that could possibly get me in fucking trouble. You best believe that. But Disney, a company who, lest we not forget, had a huge amount of, let's just bring up one example, racist iconography in a lot of their early cartoons and major releases in a time zone, a time frame, a time of history where those were, I guess, socially accepted representations but now are not of someone's race or someone's you know um behavior based on their 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 upbringing their their location some quite racist shit towards basically black people and chinese people in a lot of disney early disney cartoons now they've undone those they've remapped some of their 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 works of art but lest we not forget they were guilty of the same thing There was a period in history where they made some pretty off-color, pun intended, jokes in their fucking huge blockbuster cartoons that went out to children. They probably fucking put it in James Gunn's head, mate. (laughs) That kind of humor was all right. He would have been a child watching that shit. And then they decided to fire the man. I think that's bullshit. I think that's so depressing and what's more depressing to me as a fucking liberal is that it was liberals that put the fucking nail in the coffin of this man that has been leading the charge for their liberalistic beliefs their liberal beliefs 
And it was an alt-right guy who fucking incited them. Has it... Can you see the irony? We have gone full circle. And this is my point that I've been trying to make on this podcast. And this is such a perfect example of it. For so long is that the far right and the far left have become the same thing now. That's always been a fact throughout history. We know this. If you look at the study of politics, if you look at any kind of major government throughout history, what will happen is people will become so left, 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 that they suddenly become incredibly right-wing, really, in the way that they operate. They're kind of, it blurs the difference. And the same thing, same thing works the other way around, you know? These fanatical liberals, or fan, you know, but they're born out of over right-wing conservatism. It's, it's, it's in, insane how those, how it's almost like a cyclical, if we look at it like a circle, down at the bottom, in the middle, that's me and you guys. That's me and you, hopefully, the majority of you. We're going, hey, listen, man, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty liberal. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of conservative, yeah. But you know what? I, I think that most people are good, and I want to find the good in people, and I want to help people become better, and I'd like the world to run a little better. I'd like all of us to be treated a little more equally and fairly. I kind of want, you know, better education, better health care. Maybe I want my government to stop spending all their money on fucking wars and bombs and, you know, maybe stop selling out to all of those huge corporations who don't pay any tax. That, that, all of those things, I think most people are just left and middle, just right middle. That's what we're worried about. But then when you get a little bit fucking fanaticized, you get a little bit fucking mental on either side, you start creeping up the circle edges. And then when you get to the top, you're like, oh my fucking God. They become the same thing. It's crazy. So fuck anyone. Anyone who remotely tweeted anger or disgust or offense at James Gunn's tweets. Fuck you. Fuck you for this very simple reason. You are just as fucking bad. You have made a comment. You have written a letter. You have typed an email. You have written a tweet. You have put a message on Facebook. You have left a comment on a YouTube video. You have made a joke at a party when you're drunk. You have done something, one thing, one solitary thing, because no one is fucking pure in your life that means that you could have been caught out in the same fucking way, and yet you chose to attack this man who apologized for that thing years ago, understood it wasn't representative of the kind of art he wanted to make or the kind of person he wanted to be, and has gone out of his way to become something better and given a company a million dollars of success stories in his huge and, personal opinion here, incredibly enjoyable movies, rebooting a fucking franchise, making a new franchise for... for, for Disney, that I think is one of the best that came out, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy stories have been amazing and really enjoyable to watch and fucking dope. And they look great. And the acting's been great. And the writing's been really solid. And you've just ignored all of that because, I don't know, because the world is offended by everything now. Everyone's offended. It's so demoralizing. <sighs> James Gunn, um... <laughs> I realize it sounds a little bit like I want to suck your dick. I don't want to suck your dick. I would have loved to have worked with you. You know what's so ironic? I had an audition for the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, and it was for the tough guy in the prison who then gets fucking emaciated 
uh, sorry, emasculated, not emaciated, well, I mean, that too, emasculated by Drax. There's that scene where Drax is like, I'm going to kill her. Like, I'd start talking about, oh, I'm going to kill her. You know, the, the character was like, you know, oh, I'm going to split her, blah, 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 blah. And then Drax walks in and like the big guy suddenly becomes a small guy because Drax is so much bigger than him. And he's just like, he, she's mine, leave her the fuck alone. You know, audition for that role, had a callback, didn't get the final role. So close, so close. Anyway, James, what I'm saying is, mate, I'd still work with you. <laughs> it's pretty depressing, man. Fuck the all right guy who did that. And I don't know why they put any... How can they? How can companies get away, these huge companies? Because they're never taken to task. They're not being taken to task for the same things, which are rife within their companies and their industries. 100% not. It's amazing that unless you are the face of something, unless you are in the public eye for it, you just get away with all this shit. There's no equality. It's, it's rife with hypo hypocritical behavior. Rife. That's why anyone who's, uh, you know, I've had people try and take me down for comments I've made in the past, off-humor jokes, you know, low-hanging fruit jokes that I've made. Sure, I've made plenty of those. I've made plenty of those over the course of my career. I'm a comedian. I was a developing comedian. I've, I've had moments where I've been brilliant and I've had moments where I've been out to dog shit. That's what a comic does. Sometimes you make a joke and go, oh, that doesn't land. Well, that wasn't right or blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes you make the wrong joke at the wrong time. You don't take into account the uh, social climate or the, or, the, or the company you're doing it for or the, the network it's on or whatever it happens to be, the platform on which you make that joke. And you have to, sure, be held accountable, but you don't have your career ended. You don't have jobs taken away from you for that. Are you fucking serious? Now, don't get me wrong. If James Gunn had gone on a Disney panel, if he'd been on one of the press junkets and gone, hey, hey, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, great movie. Let me talk about it for a while. And then, hey, while I'm here, while I've got you, let me, uh, let me just tell you this really funny rape joke. Let me, let me, let me, hey, how do you feel about sexy kids? If he'd done that, sure, take him to task, of course. Throw him in a fucking, you know, throw him out of the industry. But come on, man, a private joke to a friend on Twitter that was a bit shit from a decade ago that he then apologized for years and years in advance of this outrage. It's just, it's just people right now, people right now in the media, in the press, on both sides, the right wing press, the left wing press, are looking to take down anyone they can for relevance. That's what it is. Who can I expose? Who can I expose to get my moment of fame, my thousand retweets? And social media is to blame for all this fucking shit, man. It's so fucking depressing. I'm getting more and more sick of the world. And also, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even joking. I'm getting closer and closer every fucking day to just deleting all of my social media accounts. If I didn't think at this moment in time that social media numbers or having an audience online, being able to um, talk to that audience so directly through social media, which is what I use it for, if I didn't think that was so integral to my career, I would, be off, I would have been off social media probably a year ago. It's, it makes me depressed. It makes me, it gives me anxiety. It's fucking shit. It's shit. I envy all of the actors in Hollywood, all of the actresses in Hollywood, all of the comedians and comedians who achieved their success five to 10 years ago. If you became successful five to 10 years ago or prior to that, you didn't have to worry that much about the numbers on social. You didn't have to worry about the humor because you were, you were established as someone within the humor of that era. Now, if you're fucking, <laughs> don't get me wrong, if you're 
you know, what's his chops? Capital rapist. Not Harvey Weinstein. I mean, he's a piece of shit, isn't he? But no, if you're um, Bill Cosby, you know, and you were of an era, but you were also slipping drugs into women's drinks and raping them, of course you're a scumbag. You deserve to go to a fucking electric chair. However, if you are now just making a joke and there's any chance that anyone could be offended by it, Wow, you're taking to task. They want to, they want to end your career. And guess who's wanting guess who's calling out? Guess who's crying out for the end of these careers? People who don't have career success. People who don't have that excitement in their life. People who literally live for the drama. And that's the problem. We've given power to the fucking people. And I've just realized when you give the people that much power, they don't know what to do with it. They're not equipped, they're not educated, intelligent enough, or remotely fucking sane enough, balanced enough, to make those judgments. Because for every person who is a sane, balanced, decent individual who I love meeting, seeing, talking to, performing for, creating for, there's another guy who's a fucking nut job. Guaranteed. The, the, the population of the planet is split 50-50 like that. I saw something... Even fucking weirder. Oh, no, no. Wait, let me do number one now. We've done number two. Let's do number one thing that made me chuckle, but also wonder what the fuck the state of the world is. <laughs> I saw a video on Instagram. It came up. I don't know why. A sponsored video. A fucking advertisement. And it was for MB. It was like an MMA fight thing, but it was like the MBB or something. I don't know what that is. I don't watch MMA fighting. I love getting in fights. <laughs> I, love, I love having fights fights you want to fight i'll fight you but what i don't like is watching two grown men beat this living shit out of each other to the point where one, they're gonna go brain dead it just upsets me a little bit i understand the athleticism i do 100 percent get caught up in it when i do watch mma like don't get me wrong if it's in a sports bar and it's on the screen i can't help but fucking look at it like anyone can it's a spectacle right but i feel bad for the guys that you know they're gonna have a very short career which is gonna end with them probably mildly brain damaged potentially uh, horrendously more sick than that in the mind and mentally and physically ill and then potentially all the way up to death you know I don't I don't like seeing that I thought we moved beyond the gladiatorial games but apparently not we just like watching each other get torn down either emotionally or physically that's apparently what the population of this planet enjoys seeing the the destruction of their counterparts it's very depressing I'm making, I'm being, I'm like, this is obviously coming from a place of feeling a bit low today, ladies and gentlemen, bear that in mind. Like, I know there's people who are, who celebrate joy and love and happiness and connectivity. I don't think they're well balanced either. <laughs> I think, I don't think, I don't think you've got to be one way or the other. I think you have to be a little mix of both. That's what makes a sane person. Hey, you know what? Guy bumped into me on the fucking subway today, didn't even apologize. And in that moment, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to smash his head into the fucking train door. I didn't do it. Because I'm not a piece of shit, but I wanted to. And then, hey, on the way home today, I saw a guy, a homeless guy, who was like shivering on the street. And I felt overcome with fucking empathy. And I couldn't believe that this is still going on in the world, that we have people living like that. So I went over and I bought him a hot meal and a drink and a blanket from a store. Those two things is how people should think. If you're balanced, if you're decent, if you're not a fucking nut job. Anyway. The second thing that I saw, or the first thing, boom, 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 that made me kind of chuckle and confuse me. And bear in mind, this is comedy, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I have to preface every fucking thing I say now with, this is just kind of comedy musings. 
Comedy musings based on the observations I make. I don't necessarily 100% prescribe to any of the things I say. I'm posing them as ideas just as I do on stage as a stand-up so we can all think about them together. Anyway, that being said, this MMA fight sponsored video, it was of a young man with Down syndrome fighting, having an MMA fight, like a, a round or two rounds with an able-bodied professional MMA fighter. And now, and it, here's the thing, right? Don't get me wrong. I, my, my best friend growing up, Matt, his brother, John, had Down syndrome. I mean, didn't have it. He still got it. He didn't, he didn't get over it. He, like, he had a real bad case of the Downs, but he's, 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 he's up to full steam now. No, he has Down syndrome. Sweet, kind, loving, genuine motherfucker. And I tell you what, I love that guy, John. And every time I used to go back to my hometown, I'd go and knock on his mum's door because his father passed away. And I'd go and knock on his mum's door and i say hello and i see John. And he was just a, he's a, he was an inspirational story. Mostly his mum is the inspirational story. She was told her kid was going to die when he was like, by two. They said, the doctor said, he, he's Down syndrome. He won't be able to read all right. He'll barely be able to speak. He'll be pretty much like a fucking vegetable. You have to wipe him, clean him. And he'll probably be dead by the age of like three, four. Blah, blah, blah. And she went, nope. And they were, doctors were like, mm, I don't know. I'm a doctor. And she went, nope. So he's now in his 40s? It's got to be 40s, late 40s by now. At least late 40s. Jonathan is like late 40s. He worked. He was, he was a volunteer in a center for other kids with Down syndrome. And he was like helping them to do stuff. He was like one of the able-bodied volunteers, you know. He didn't appear to, apart from the physical, you know, of course, physically and mentally, he was Down syndrome, but he, he was so with it, this motherfucker was like looking after the kids who weren't. And he was just one of the most, I don't know, he was one of the most simplistically brilliant-minded men I've ever met. But she made him that way. She taught him how to read, write, brought him up, made him a decent, loving, sweet member of society, and, uh, and he's still fucking rocking. Anyway, this MMA fighter was taking on this Down Syndrome kid and, and he won. The, the Down Syndrome kid won the fight. Now, hang on a second, because you're going, whoa, hang on a sec, Jeff. Are you sure it was a professional MMA fighter? Yeah, 100%. He won because he was let, they let him win. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. And I'll tell you why, right? Because this guy's this guy a young a young man with Down syndrome, right? Okay, now sure, like Jonathan, he could be a very functioning member of society. He could get a job. He could meet a girlfriend. He could fall in love. He could have relationships. He could, he could, he could, he could fucking teach himself seven languages. I don't know what this, this particular individual is capable of. I have no fucking idea. But what I know, without a shadow of a doubt, and despite the fact that I know how incredibly fucking muscular and strong Down syndrome kids are, I, I know because Jonathan used to beat the shit out of us regularly. He was fucking solid. Uh, also, incredibly double-jointed. These are all facts, by the way. These are biological facts. You go check it out. Oh, Down syndrome people... Yes, their muscle mass is overdeveloped. Oh, like, do they have... like? Yes, they have less pain reception. So they're... Like, literally, if you wanted to train some fighters, you need some grunts. You need a tank on your team. Get the downy kid. He's fucking tough. Tough as nails. And loving. Loves everyone. He's going to give you a big hug every day. Every day. It's going to be a joy to fucking see that guy. 
John used to give the warmest hugs and he could do it with his feet. That's how double jointed he was. Anyway, I'm not denying that this young MMA fighter, this young, and he wasn't an MMA fighter, this young man with Down syndrome who was in this MMA fight, who I'm sure trains maybe at an MMA gym. Maybe that's his outlet. Maybe that's his, his joy. Maybe it's his passion. I'm sure it is. Otherwise, why would he have been there taking part in this one round match with this professional MMA fighter? But what I absolutely know without a shadow of a fucking doubt is that there's no way in hell he would have won that fight. No way in hell unless he got one lucky punch. And guess what? He didn't. The guy almost got into a grapple with him and let him get down. And then the guy, the Down syndrome guy, I saw a very sloppy leg, um, like scissor hold or whatever you call it. And he like he got him in a in a, in a wrestling grip with his with his head in the in a fucking legs. And then the guy tapped out after like a second. You know, it was like it was it was it was definitely not a win. He let him win. I think that's the wrong message to be putting out. <laughs> I'll tell you why, right? I get that you as an audience are going, it's nice, Jeff, come on, let him win the match. He's got Down syndrome, he's not going to win it normally. Let him win it, it's nice, it makes him feel good. No, first of all, that's you. If any of you feel that, you're the fucking piece of shit that is belittling someone with a, 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 a physical and mental disability. You are playing them down like fucking idiots that A... He doesn't have enough intelligence to know that, hey, this is a professional MMA fighter who knocks the fucking shit out of guys six times my size all day, every day, and I just beat him. Like, you're assuming he's so dumb he doesn't fucking understand that he's been let the win. He's been given the win. A. B. You're also setting him up for fucking failure in life, man. You're saying to this young guy with Down syndrome, yo, guess what? You can beat the shit out of professional MMA fighters. You are tough as fucking nails. Let's call him, let's call him Stevie. Stevie, you're fucking tough as nails. You just took down one of the pros on the MMA circuit. That guy, if he is as you, as audience, you just want him to win. I just want him to feel good. Just let him win. Just let him win. You want him to feel good and win because of your fucking inability to feel comfortable around someone with a disability and treating them like any other fucking member of society, which is what most people with disabilities would like to be treated by. And I know that for a fact, because one of my dear friends, Jimmy, has cerebral palsy, comes to a lot of my comedy shows and has told me this numerous times. I mean, I can't understand a word he's saying. He's got cerebral palsy. But he's, he's sort of <laughs> he tweeted it to me once. The point is, they want to be treated like any other member of fucking society. And you're not. You're treating him, you're belittling him. You're treating him like a fucking moron. And guess what? He might go out. If he is, if he is that way, that he doesn't understand that he won because he was given the win, he might go out. Some guy goes, hey, look at you, you fucking retard. And he reacts to it because he's upset and he knows that's not nice to be called that. And he goes across the street, you know, what are you saying to me? They get in a fucking argument. They start mocking him. And he goes, I'm a fucking MMA fighter. And they're like, ooh, really are you? Boom. Suddenly, there's four guys kicking the shit out of some poor young <laughs> Down syndrome disabled kid on a street corner. And it's your fault, world. It's your fucking fault. Because if you just, if, look, don't get me wrong. Let the guy get a few slugs in. Show him that his training's working. You know? Spar with him lightly. But yeah, take him down. And then at the end of it, give him the respect and the love as that other fighter to bring him in and go, you fought really well there, man. You know what? Your training is paying off. You've got some work to go, but you're doing really well. Keep it up. Keep it going. I'm really proud of you. That's inspirational. That's going to make that guy with Down syndrome feel fucking over the moon about his, his fight. I got to fight one of the greats and I got told that I was doing really well. Boom. 
He's still got respect for the guy. He's got respect for himself. He has the desire and the drive to continue. He's not going to get beaten up by four fuckboys on a street corner who don't understand his ailment and want to make fun of him. And he's not going to get himself in any dangerous situations in the real world. It was wrong. Downvote that video. Dislike. They need a dislike option. I want a, I want a skull option. Give me hearts on videos. I want to drop a skull on that video. Drop a skull on that video. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I think we need to get a group together. Um, we need to go around and have a rematch <laughs> in this kid's back garden. We need to take, I don't know, fucking Mighty Mouse. I know him. I'll ask Mighty Mouse. He'll do it. <laughs> he, he will not do it. I'll take him around there, knock on the door, just let them go out for a couple of rounds, beat the living shit out of him and be like, bro, there you go. You lost the title, but you know what? You're still a fighter and we love you for it. <laughs> That's just, can we arrange that? I don't know. Jokes. Guys, they're all jokes. They're all jokes. These are just pontifications, humorous pontifications. Go tell your mum you're offended because no one else gives a solitary fuck, certainly not me. Wow, we powered through the podcast today. Shit, son. I got more things I want to talk about. I'll save it. I'll save it and I'll see if for once in my life I can actually end up dropping a new podcast next week for you, for you to enjoy. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened to the previous nine episodes of this podcast, please do so. Without you, there is no podcast. I need your support on it. I love you for listening to it. I'd appreciate if you tell your friends, share the episodes on all social media when I drop them on Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on there. It's Jeff Leach, J-E-F-F-L-E-A-C-H. Also uh, on Insta and Twitter, Savage Snowflake Podcast. That's on Instagram and Sav Snowflake Pod on Twitter, please follow those accounts and retweet when we message out the uh, the new episodes. And of course, if you want to support me, head to patreon.com slash Jeff Leach. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jeff Leach. Uh, until we get some sponsors on board, I'm relying on you guys to help me out. I love you. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode. I will be, by the way, in Vegas all of this week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's the uh, 25th to the 29th, I believe. Those are the dates. I'm going to be performing at the Rio Hotel and Casino at the brand new Comedy Cellar USA venue. Um, the guys on the East Coast, they've gone out there. They've set up a big casino venue. Well, a venue within the casino. And it's beautiful. It's an exact replica of the Comedy Cellar back in in New York. So it's, it's pretty dope. It's like performing at my home club without having to travel all the way back to the East Coast. I'd love to see you guys there. If you're in Vegas, let me know if you're coming out as well. Hit me up in advance and I'll be sure to stick around after the show to say hello, give you a little hug, maybe take a photo, maybe a little reach around. I don't know. Depends how cute you are. Depends if you've got those strong thighs. I'm talking to you, Steve. I know you're going to come. Stevie, Stevie, come to the show. All right, guys. I love you. I'll see you next time. Remember to always be savage. Don't listen to the lunatics on either side of the fucking fence. Remember, just around the middle, we're the ones you want. Fiddle near the middle. That's my final thought of the day. I love you guys. See you, savages. Bye. Bye.